welcome to the Tulsa Music Stream. And now, your host, Scott and Janice Squires. You want the dirt? You've got it. All right, guys, we're back. Yeah. Good so, news. Paul is here. We got we him got on. got him. He was, he was hey, out guys. there in, uh, in, in, in Never Neverland out there in space <laughs> somewhere. Let's put him on screen. There uh, he is. All right, man, know, can you see us and can, can you see yourself? I can write songs, but don't, don't get me anywhere near a computer, you know? <laughs> you and me both. Well, let me be the first to welcome you to Tulsa Music Stream now that we've fought Thank through you guys. the Congratulations technical. on your 100th episode. Hey, yes. Thanks, buddy. We, we are so thrilled to have you here celebrating it with us. Uh, we have a lot to cover with you tonight. Um, you're doing a lot of great stuff right now. Let's kick things off with some winger talk. Um, I want to put this up. Uh, sorry, I'm a little discombobulated from that, but we're going to put this up. I just, I just want to put this group shot up of you guys as, as we talk about this. Now, you guys just wrapped your 35th year of being Winger the Band. To what do you attribute Winger's staying power, not only as a band that continues to put out relevant, excellent music, but the fact that it's been the same guys the whole way through? Yeah, which even amazes us at this point. Yes. Um, I think definitely one of the contributing factors would be that we all, you know, through that 35 years have had numerous projects that kind of let us get away from it uh, at different times. And, you know, of course, Reb was with Whitesnake and Rod's got the dregs and Kip's got his classical stuff. And I went off and did, you know, Steve Perry and Tommy Shaw and John Waite and stuff. And, uh, you know, so it just keeps keeps us fresh and then when we come back and hang with each other it's just so great to catch up and go have dinners and all that uh the other thing is is that we we are just really i mean we're all pretty different in a way and you know so we don't feel the need to just always be hanging out you know when we yeah. when it's tours over we all kind of run our separate ways for a while i right. mean we keep in touch but you know uh, we all live in different cities uh, except for me and kip who both we both live in nashville here but um you know, so uh, that's it, part of it, I think. It, it, and we're a, just lucky. I mean, sometimes you just luck out and you get yes. five guys that are all fairly responsible. And, you know, <laughs> we don't have, you know, Alvin or, or Gilligan that we have to, you know, the guy that we have to round up all the time. So, right. Uh, you know, you mentioned all those bands and, you know, the medley that you guys brought in uh, on your set. Uh, we actually caught that in, in uh, Key West, Florida. And, and I mean, it's just amazing all your talents and, and all the all the career and all the different you know bands you guys have done all the different projects and, and how you're able to just make that into one medley that was just a, a cool moment absolutely uh, was that the one two years ago yeah yes. yeah uh-huh yeah yeah because I, we haven't played that medley in a while we we just tried it out on the boat uh one time we just thought man you know we've all done a lot of stuff it'd be fun to just kind of grab a couple of the tunes and throw them into a quick medley well it ended up being fairly long but uh, that was a lot of fun playing that yeah so specifically talking about kip because we had him on the show several months ago 
I mean, you probably, you know this better than anyone. Kip is very cerebral. He's very thoughtful. He's borderline intimidating. You know, we, we were a little intimidated going in into the interview. About? Uh, maybe we just don't know anybody. I was going to say that by the time. Oh, there, that, yeah. oh, that was perfect. That was, that was definitely it. But you know, by about halfway through, he was starting to warm up and he even like, gave us a little music lesson. But but Kip is is just he seems like when you really kind of crack through that exterior, he seems to be a really great guy. Talk a little bit about what Kip specifically means to you, not just as a as a coworker in this industry, but a brother and a friend too. Oh um, well, at this point, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, words don't really describe it. You know, when you you've been working with somebody and creating for this long, and you can still hang in the same room and crack up or, you know, when we get together and we get to go out and have dinners, uh, you know, uh, I feel very lucky. And, you know, he probably would say the same. I mean, we all, we all know that what we have is not usual, you know, most of the bands are one or two guys left or, you know, and not knocking it, you know, a lot of times it was help things or some of the bands have lost their members and, yeah. uh, you know, we're just lucky we're all healthy and, you know, that we all still enjoy it. And, right. you know, also that we have other things to do, you know, which I, I know we're talking like this year, we, we've toned it way down. Last year was our 35th year and we released the seventh record, Winger Seven, and um, we toured extensively for that. And, you know, it was tiring. So this year, everybody's getting back into their side projects and we're still doing some shows. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen the final roster of what we're doing yet. I do know we're playing Sweden Rock Fest, which I'm looking forward to. And, then we're doing some Prague Fest in Atlanta in September. That's going to be a lot of fun where we're going to play yeah. uh, the pull record in, in full. So that's going to be really cool. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask because when I went to your website and looked up the dates, I just see those two dates. Do you feel like this is going to be kind of a, I don't mean a down year for winger, but just less dates. Are you guys kind of taking a little break so you can, yeah, we, you know, we've all decided that we're going to play way less shows, okay. um, which, you know, it's great. I mean, it's nice to be able to do that too and kind of just get your energy back for it and take yes. a little you know, breather. And so, uh, sure. you mentioned the seventh album, uh, which is, a stellar album. I love it. Yes. Um, it's your first album back with the guys. Um, what was it like back in the studio with Kip and all the guys and, and going in there and recording that? Well, we didn't do it in a studio. Some of it, you know, Kip and Reb did a majority of the work. I, I was, when they were writing, I was still working on the Mick Mars record. So I didn't get involved in this one as much on the writing. Well, at all, actually, okay. um, by the time I got done uh, doing the stuff with Mick, you know, Kip and Reb, those guys are very prolific. So if you don't get in quick, they're going to have a record done. So, <laughs> you know. I, I gave it one shot one day. I had a couple ideas and Kip's like, no, you know, he knows what he wants. And, you know, they had already gotten a, a majority of stuff that was in a certain direction. And saying so, I hadn't really heard much of the stuff that was happening, but I did play on everything. I did keys on everything. And so I did a majority of it by myself, as did, you know, John and Reb did a lot of their parts at home as well. Uh, and then we flew Rod down into Nashville and, you know, and me and Kip were in a studio while, while he uh, did his drums. And, uh, uh, and then I did play, uh, Kip was nice and had me play a guitar solo on Broken Glass, uh, which is a really cool anthemic type of tune. Um, so that was nice. I got to play a real melodic solo on that, which 
that's down my alley. There you go. Well, it was great to have you in Tulsa not too long ago. It was a very cold day. You're here at the Hard Rock Casino. It was a with, very uh, cold day. Yes. Yep, yep. You're here with um, the, the Cherry Pie guys, Warren. <laughs> yeah. We I'm love sure those guys. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, we, we all sat in the coffee shop the next morning and just uh, talked for like three hours. Uh, a lot of fun. Cool, Super cool. cool. You know, looking at your career as we were researching you for the interview, I think you're one of the guys in the industry who has absolutely handled his career right. And what I mean by that is you haven't put all your eggs in one basket. You've diversified your talents. You've branched off into collaborating and writing with other artists and getting into TV placements. We'll get into that here in a little bit. But we certainly want to talk about your collaboration with Mick Mars. Let's put this up on the screen. This album is coming out. It's going to be released February 23rd. It's called The Other Side of Mars. Now, Yeah, two you, weeks from tomorrow. I'm really excited. Man, we are too. We've heard the three songs off of it. Uh, Loyal to the Lie, Right Side of Wrong, and Undone just came out. They're all stellar. And, and you know, this is Thank quite you. the lineup, man. You, you, you really have put together a stellar lineup. You've got Jacob Bunton on vocals, Corns drummer Ray Luzier, and then you have a, a guy named Chris Collier who uh, plays bass. And then it's produced by Michael Wagner. What a what a stellar collection of people! Tell us how this all came together. Yeah, there, there's one more guy on. And matter of fact, he is the singer on Undone, and he also singing on another song called Killing Breed. Um, that's Brian Gamboa, who's a good friend of mine here in town. Um, and that, that's a long story of how that happened. But uh, Jacob sang on a majority of the songs. It's like seven songs, and Brian sang on two. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I know that we don't have the singers in the videos yet. So, uh, a lot, there's been a lot of confusion. A lot of people are like, wow, Mick's got a killer voice. So, <laughs> uh, That's amazing. Yeah. But anyway, it's those two guys and, uh, they're both phenomenal, um, and great guys. Yeah. So as far as, you know, the collaboration did, I, I'm, I take it you've known Mick for a long time. When did he approach you about being part of this creation? Yeah, so he didn't. Um, Michael Wagner did. Gotcha. Um, you know, they had recorded some stuff, and um, they they didn't have a singer yet, and they didn't have lyrics. Um, so Michael called me and asked, hey, you know, would you be into trying to write some lyrics to some of these ideas? And I said, are you kidding? Of course, you know. Um, but at my first question also was, you know, how is Mick a nice guy? You know, I... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you never know. I, you know, and right. Michael's like, oh, he's a great guy. And and Mick lives here in Nashville as well. So cool. uh, Michael dragged me down there that day and, and uh, we all sat and talked for like six hours. And, uh, you know, Mick finally said, hey, you know, you want to take a stab at a couple of these? So I said, sure. And I already know which ones they are. And mm. so I took them home. And of course, when you're writing lyrics, you know, you can't just magically fit them over anything. So there was some changes that musically, you know, I thought would be great to to do to yeah. make, you know, the best of, you know, uh, the situation. So I called Mick and I said, hey, do I have your permission to kind of be a little creative with these? He's like, sure, you know. So uh, I finished one and uh, the other thing was I'm not a good, great singer. So if I had tried to sing what I had just written to Mick, he would have hated it. So I, <laughs> I uh, called Jacob who me and Jacob had written a bunch of stuff for TV together. And yeah. um, I put him on it and got it all put together and played it for Mick and he loved it. So uh, 
from there, I, you know, that's how it all started. And, and uh, then we flew Jacob out and the three of us talked and just started working together. And it was a, a very long process, you know, and we would just get together and change things around and try stuff. And, you know, me and Jacob would come up with some lyrics and take them to Mick and he would change stuff. And then we would, you know, go re-sing it. And uh, it was just, it was fun. It was real creative. And the three of us, I think, really heard alike you know we uh we had the same ears and you know we would all know when we were falling short although you know sometimes when you're amidst the middle of it, it it's it takes an other guy to come in and go no nah, that kind of yes. sucked you know? sure yeah so uh there was a lot of trial and error and in the end you know i think we we got a really great result and uh it's real diverse the record um, well, as you can probably tell, just from the first three, uh, you know, going from loyal to the lie, and then you've got something really cinematic, like undone, you yeah. know, very heartfelt kind of emotional song. And that's this uh, killing breed is the other one. That's kind of a similar vibe to that. Um, and then there's a song called alone, which, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's just a, a powerful, but pretty song. Uh, that was one the first one that me and Jacob did. Hmm. But anyway, it's a real diverse record. I think people will be real surprised on some of the stuff that's on it and uh, looking forward to it coming out. I was quite surprised. Uh, we had John uh, Karabi on here uh, a few months back as well, and we talked about his songs. He didn't know if they were going to make it or not, you know, kind of thing. And, and apparently Mick comes out and says that, you know, they that some stuff was going on with them, and, and they said that shit ain't going to fly. So I guess those <laughs> those songs did not make the album, which, you know. You know, I think probably, you know, because they had some good songs, and, of course, John's an amazing singer. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, sometimes when you live with something too long, it just in your mind, it just starts seeming like old news and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, who knows down the road, you know, maybe those will pop up again, and you know, because they wrote some cool stuff, I thought, so... Just like the old days when they have like the Japanese release and they had like extra tracks on the album or whatever. Yeah, you never know. And, <laughs> but I, I understand how that, you know, like some of my songs that I've had sitting around and all of a sudden you live with them long enough and all of a sudden it's like, oh, that one again. You know, you just it just seems like old news to you in your in your own brain. Of course, no one else has heard them. So, right. Um, yeah. And I know there's been a lot of interest in, you know, people hearing John sing some of those and stuff. So yeah, sure. when I was doing I some research on, on you, I had no idea that both you and Mick uh, uh where where I guess you dated this uh his his wife, right? Amy uh, uh Cannon. Is that for right? A short time in like nineteen eighty one. Okay. Wow. So that was before Mick, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Years before, yeah. Okay. And then you I I guess I heard in an interview there where you wrote that song Miles Away. Uh was and that that's what people say and stuff. Oh, okay, I, okay. Yeah. Okay. So back to the Mick thing, and then we'll, we'll move on. I, I'm, I read that he's already either thinking about or, or developing material for a second album. I, I guess it goes without saying that if you were approached to be part of that, you, you would be open to that as well. Of course. Yeah. yeah. No, we, uh, you know, we love hanging out. We love writing. And, you know, sometimes I just go up there and it's, you know, we have coffee and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just a good hang either way, but, um, you know, I know he's got a bunch of ideas started. I haven't started working on any of it yet. And, you know, at this point it's like, wow, let's just kind of concentrate on getting this first one out. Yeah. So no kidding. Right. Down the road. Who knows? You know, I, I would love to, to work on some more stuff with him. Sure. You have a stellar career and, and the, 
I didn't know that you actually co-wrote uh, the Skid Row Gangs All Here song, and, and that's a great album, and I love that song. Tell oh, me a little thanks. bit how that worked out or how that yeah, came, came and Rach about. just came over one day and he's like, Hey man, we should, you know, write some stuff. And we had, we had, you know, messed around with a couple song ideas in the past and we just wrote, uh, you know, just for fun. And then, you know, one day he came over and said, Hey, you know, we're starting to work on stuff for the record. You want to try and write something for Skid Row? And I said, sure. You know, so we, me and him started bashing on that idea and got it to a certain point. And then, you know, we uh, dragged snake in, and Snake came in with some great ideas on that, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it came together. But that was 2018, and uh, yeah. wow. all of a sudden, you know, time went by, and they got more songs together. And I had forgotten about the song, honestly. And you know, we did, had no one had sang it, so it was just us trying to sing melodies and stuff. So it didn't sound like much of a song. But um, you know, Rachel finished up the lyrics and. Uh, then you know when it came time for them to start recording the record uh, little did i know they had made a, a singer change and had switched over to eric gronwall who you know is just an unbelievably good singer yes yeah so rach called me at the last minute and just said hey remember that song we wrote <laughs> well it's the title track of the record and it's the first single so uh wow. yeah i i was like you got to be kidding me and you know and then he said and eric gronwall sang and i'm like what you know so uh, I'm a huge fan of Eric, and uh, when I, once I heard the mix, I was like, God, you know, it, it was a lot better than what I had remembered in my head, just right. with us trying to sing little melodies to it, you know. Sure, sure. It's definitely great stuff. Let's go way back in time. I know you've you've discussed this in other interviews, but maybe for the benefit of the people watching tonight who haven't heard the story, uh, you, you were in Aldenova, and and the ever knowing all wise Wikipedia that's just the most accurate source of truth we all know. This they describe the Aldenova period in your career as your first taste of mainstream success. So yeah. just share some memories of of that era, how you got that gig, and and, and what working with Aldenova was like for you. Yeah, I, with Aldo, it was just the weirdest thing because. I had been, you know, living in Sonoma County, which is above San Francisco, and you know, all, all of us that were up there were constantly trying to move to LA to to, to make it. And uh, as luck would have it, um, one of my trips back up to the Bay Area because I would be living down in LA, then I'd move home. And uh, Aldo came to San Francisco to put a band together, and I, I can't remember why, but um, you know, he had put a band together with Kevin Carlson and Billy Carmasi, who's Denny Carmasi's little brother on drums and David Sykes on bass, who David uh, ended up playing in Boston uh, in later years. Uh, so yeah, he put a whole band together, but then decided he didn't like the keyboard player. And a week later, and I knew all those guys. And so I got a call and they're, they're like, Hey, Aldo needs a keyboard player. And I had met him already at a party um, and uh, I went uh, to a, a rehearsal place in Marin and played for a day and all these label people were there and he's like, hey, you got the gig. So um, it was an amazing year. I, I mean, I went from playing in little clubs and bowling alleys to playing the Pasadena Rose Bowl sold out Jeez. opening for Triumph and Blue Oyster Cult and Journey. Heck yeah. Um, so and then. Then we, uh, yeah, yeah it, was, it was cool. I mean, the, the single shot up to like, I think number three on the charts and we, we toured with everybody from Sammy Hager and we played with Hart and Blister Cult and, you know, a lot of bands. It was uh, unbelievable. You know, for us, for us younger rockers, uh, 
back in the 80s when we were watching MTV, you know, we were at home, you know, 12, I don't know, 12 years old, something like that. And and I would stay up late to watch, you know, see if ACDC for those about the rocks, you know, video was going to come out. And of course, Aldo Nova's fantasy video would come out. And it was so cool to see him out there with his his leopard skin and, you know, the laser. Yeah. We actually cover that song in, in, in our band and we just love it. And it's you know, the, cool. the cool intro. It, what do you think about have you heard Steel Panthers version? Uh no, I haven't. And funny enough, you know, because we just toured with Steel Panther in the UK. And, <laughs> uh, we had so much. Those guys are so great. Uh, yeah. You know, every night we were all in each other's dressing rooms, hanging out and just had a fantastic time with them. Uh, but, you know, something funny, that laser in the video, if I remember correctly, that was done by Steven Spielberg's company. And that just shows you how far stuff's come along. I mean, wow. it looks so fake and uh, <laughs> right you know but back then i'm sure you were like oh my not god only am i in that video but i'm an extra in the video there's one point where i walk through the screen with a girl uh, as an oh. extra yeah. oh, we're gonna have I to mean. go back and analyze that now that's too funny yeah. we did not even know what a video was when we went to shoot that it was 1981 right and we uh like we never, you know, the MTV wasn't around till late 82, I think. And yeah. so we're like, what's a video? And they just said, oh, the thing that Showtime shows between movies and all that. So <laughs> they flew us down there and we had no idea what we were supposed to be doing. So, but we shot that and we also shot a song called Ball and Chain, which was a ballad. Yeah. I don't know if that's out on YouTube or not, but huh. wow. We'll have to check that out. I mean, some, some of this stuff, I have the list of a, a lot of the people that you've, uh, you know, have worked with and, and I'm blown away with a lot of them because I was one of those guys that liked, you know, the more deep cut stuff of the metal rock bands like Kill, you know, and you work with Mark Ferrari and, and then of course, you know, uh, uh, see, so yeah, Mark Ferrari, well, uh, I worked with Mark, not Kiel. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. But he, that he was from Kiel guitar player yeah. and, and then John Waite, that's a great one. And Vane, yeah. uh, Vane, I mean, so cool. Yeah. And Vane uh, is, you know, Davey is one of my best friends. And matter of fact, don't tell anybody, but we just got together in Las Vegas at the Red Rock Casino. I got there at about nine at night and we sat and had hot fudge Sundays. I was like, <laughs> man, how rock of us. But, uh, I was beat up. I'd been traveling for two weeks and he was pretty tired. And so we got together to say hi. And there was this ice cream parlor. I'm like, oh, my God, look at those things. So, uh, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's one of my best friends and uh, his his manager um, back in the day when they had first started the band, um, they had just came to me and said, hey, you know, we'd like some help producing our demo. And I, I was like, well, dude, I'm, I'm not a producer. You know, I didn't know how to record very well back then. And I said, well, we just love how you write and we love what you do. So I went in on the uh, their first demos and helped him and played a guitar solo on one thing. And just uh, honestly, it's so long ago. I can barely remember what I all, all did, but um, they put me as producer on this CD or, or not CD, uh, a cassette, of course. Right. At the time. And Kat, their manager ended up sending this thing. She's a real go-getter, Kat Zardowski. She went on to do lots of huge things and um, she sent it all over the place and some girl in New York saw it and she was the one responsible for putting band members together with Alice Cooper. Yeah. Hmm. So that's kind of Vane is kind of responsible for me getting an Alice and getting an Alice is responsible for me 
playing in winger because Kip had just got the audition as well. So it, uh, wow. I kind of owe it all to and to Davey and the guys. <laughs> so cool. So I, I know you've probably had a billion questions over Alice Cooper. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, I got to meet him when he came to Tulsa and um, uh, Eddie Trunk was there. And we got, I got to ask him some questions on, on air and everything. It was really cool. And uh, but have you ever went golfing with the guy? <laughs> I don't golf, and even if I did, I, I'd know better enough not to go out there. He's evidently really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our, our crew guys always come back going, God, he can hit the ball, you know? He's, yeah. He says he uh, likes to go out there so he can beat the pros. He beats well, them ever, all I the time. I honestly think that he still tours just as an excuse so he can golf in all the different places, you know? You're probably Every right. morning, like, we'd pull up at 6 o'clock in the morning to a hotel, and, you know, depending on the roads on any given night, um, it could be really bumpy. And, you know, sometimes you just don't get a lot of sleep, and there'd always be a waiting car for Alice, you know, with the, the Callaway people, and he'd go out golfing all day. He's like the Everetti bunny. I, I don't know Jeez. how he does and he's still going strong. Um, so sure yeah, it's is. amazing. Wow. Hey, I would be doing the, uh, the people watching a disservice if I didn't get to some of these viewer comments yeah, and put questions. The, put the chat room. Yeah, up. let me uh, let me find that screen. Cool. Okay, so yeah, you guys out there, by the way, thanks. For hey, watching. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch in here checking you out. So our friend Ramon, uh, this may have scrolled off the screen by now, but he said. Paul, I noticed with Winger's last Houston show, there was a lot of video being shot from stage. Is Winger preparing to release a live album soon? No, uh, we were shooting that for a possible another video. Um, and we already have, let's see how many we released. We shot a bunch of video on, on the different songs just so that we have it. And mm -hmm. we just thought we'd shoot some live footage as well. Um, on a few of the songs. Uh, and honestly, I have not talked to Kip uh, lately, so I don't know what's happening in terms of all that, but I, I assume, you know, we will release a few more for this record, so. Okay, some other nice comments. Melissa Mumpower says, thank you, Paul, for all the music throughout the years. You are thank certainly you. an incredible artist. Many blessings to you. Uh, lots of really nice comments in here. I, I saw another question. I Raymond uh, Juan Gunray says, Paul, do you still keep in contact with Alice Cooper? Ah, I don't, you know, uh, I, I, you know, you kind of just, you know, I've seen him and then, you know, I get to say hi, I'll show up at a show here and there and catch up then. And, you know, but we don't call each other and I, you know, and same with Steve Perry, you just kind of, everybody moves on with their lives and, you know, uh, you do end up running into them or, or, you know, talking every once in a while, but, uh, it's, it's fun just to, you know, always catch up when, you know, I see him playing somewhere. Yeah. And, and speaking of Steve Perry, um, I know there's a new Netflix movie that's, uh, out, um, it's called, uh, the greatest night in pop. And you, you can kind of see, how Steve kind of works in the studio when he was, I don't know if you saw that Netflix movie, uh, yet it's got where, where they do the, we are the world song and everything. Okay. And, and there's a section where they had to, uh, Huey Lewis and, and Cindy Lauper and Kim Carnes had to figure out a harmony and it, you know, it, they were on the spot and you had, you know, Daryl Hall Oates, uh, right. You know, Daryl Hall. Hall was right there. Steve Perry, you know, all these, big time singers, you know, right there. And, and he had to come up with this uh, harmony and they're trying to figure it out. And you can just kind of see their heads in the background kind of shaking. Like, 
<laughs> and, you know, Steve's trying to help them out, you know, where to, where to go, where to reach it. And they finally yeah. got it. But it was an interesting, um, interesting movie. I just wondered if oh, you saw that Steve or not. incredible in the studio, and he has unbelievable ears. I mean, there's times where he would hear stuff, and there'd be five of us sitting behind him going, what? And he, and he goes, rewind it. And, he, you know, and he got that, that noise. And, you know, none of us could hear it. And pretty much soon we'd strip away the tracks, and there would be this little noise. And I'd like <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, amazing working with Steve and, you know, I wrote most of the strange medicine record with him, uh, for the love of strange medicine, that one right there. Um, and it was over like a three year period. And then we ended up doing a two month tour. Um, and, uh, it was incredible. Um, you know, there was days where I'd have to kind of just pinch myself, you know, he's such an incredible singer and there's no one that has that voice, you know, he was so original and and so melodic and i learned a lot about songwriting with steve you know he just floats melodies over stuff and you know it was, it was awesome what an accomplishment no kidding you've gotten to work with just cream of the crop talent here's another one tommy shaw tell us yeah. how uh, how you developed that connection what was working with tommy like Tommy is awesome, uh, and he's actually my neighbor now and it's funny because since he's moved here from la I've ran into him only twice, um, and, and like it was in airports in other states. Uh, he's on the road constantly. I think he's a workaholic, but he's the nicest guy. What happened was we were doing a show with Alice. It was we only had three more shows, and we were doing a show at the House of Blues in Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard. And Tommy came down and came backstage, and everybody was talking. And he was about to go out on tour for his solo record at the time, and just and didn't and, and needed a keyboard guitar player and someone preferably that could sing and he, he came up to me and said oh my god are you actually finishing this tour in a couple of days and i said yeah and he's like oh man would you come out on the road with me for a month and so i said sure and so that was opening for leonard skinner and uh with well it was peter frampton and leonard skinner was headlining so we went out and did that for uh, a month and it was nothing but fun uh, we, hmm. we just laughed the whole time and yeah it was great this may seem like a silly question but i'm going to ask it anyway because i'm just curious when you are going to engage in songwriting do you typically start on guitar or keyboard or does it just depend on what kind of song you're trying to craft oh uh, it's all over the map uh, okay. sometimes i have a little lyric idea sometimes i have a melody sometimes i'm just jamming chords or or you know sometimes i just start with drum beats and you know that kind of limits you to you know what you can you know and then you can only play certain things over that beat and sometimes you come up with different stuff so i think pretty much like everybody it's always different each day you know and yeah uh, that's how you can kind of keep it fresh and you know uh, so you're not doing the same thing all the time Sure, sure. You spoke that Tommy Shaw was your neighbor. Um, another great one who we uh, recently lost was Jeff Labar from Cinderella, and he yeah. was he was a neighbor of yours as well. Is that right? Well, at one point when I first moved to Nashville, he little did we know lived right across the street from me. It was the craziest thing, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I miss Jeff. And, you know, I, I'd gotten, we'd gotten together, me and him and Eric were all at a barbecue literally like three weeks or four weeks before he passed away. So I am really grateful for that hang. Uh, and you know, he looked good and, you know, you just never know. So, uh, miss him a lot though. 
your Sabrina the Teenage Witch theme. Tell me how all that came about. <laughs> I know you started getting into uh, doing songs for movies and things like that. Uh, yeah, well, I you know that was from Mark Ferrari, and you know I had been been writing quite a few songs for that, and uh, it was in about 2000 where my friend Danny Lux called me. And Danny, if you watch any big TV shows, he's a huge TV composer and super super talented. Um, and he called me one day and said, "Hey, they want a new main title for Sabrina." but I'm swamped. I've got five shows going a week and I don't have time to do this. If you want to try and get, get the main title, I'll split it with you. And I was like, sure. You know? So, um, I, it took me three attempts. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart's mom, Paula Joan Hart was, uh, the executive producer and she wanted something that sounded similar to, um, the Sopranos. <laughs> so oh, wow. I was like, Sopranos. So I did this kind of synthy, pulsy thing. And yeah. then Viacom and Warner Brothers called and said, no, we're cutting picture to a Chemical Brothers thing. Make it psychedelic, psychedelic 60s. So I was in the middle of working on that when uh, Melissa's mom called back and said, no, cut. You know, we're going to have a meeting. We'll we'll get our shit together and we'll all figure out exactly what we want from you. And so they came back and it was they said, we're going to send you four main titles that we like. Just kind of put it in in that vein. And, and then she called me later and said, hey, rock it out a little bit, you know. So mm. it's just a pop rock song. And we got this kid that was SAG, you know, they had to be SAG in order to sing it. And uh, so he sang it down and I just lucked out. And her mom called and she's like, yeah, bullseye. This is it. Awesome. You know, I would imagine that that part of the industry, it's probably kind of similar to what, when you develop a reputation as a, a, a an artist that that an, that like another artist could contact to go on tour with because you're not a drunk you're not strung out you're reliable right. you're going to show up you're going to be a pro i would imagine that maybe once you kind of work your way into the tv placement side of the industry uh you know you do one you get a good reputation for that word probably travels pretty fast and and that probably just leads to more and more opportunities down that road as well am i am i right about that it can, um, but it's, you know, the, the TV thing is really separate in a lot of ways. There's little camps and there's, you know, different companies. And uh, But back when I was doing it, when Mark started his company, there was nobody doing what Mark, uh, his company was doing, which was, you know, writing songs that were good enough to be on records. And, and you know, because when it's TV, most of the time, you're going to give your publishing away, which means you don't own the song anymore. So, right. but being as if there was no competition and everything else was elevator music back then, it just took off like a rocket ship. So we were placing our songs left and right. And, uh, you know, I remember when I first came to Nashville, everybody's like, dude, you're an idiot giving your publishing away. And I'm like, how much song, how much money are your songs making? You know, none of them are placing anything with any country artists and stuff. And they just had their songs sitting in a closet right. and I was making good money and having, you know, my songs were all over TV and getting in movies. And so, and now uh, these days, cause the, the business is so difficult uh, and streaming yeah. is, you know, just a nightmare, but uh, it, it, uh, you know, it's uh everybody's trying to do it now and everybody's going oh, okay yeah it's tv you have to give your publishing away i don't care i'd rather my song be making a little money than sitting in a closet so yeah and there's so many changes in the industry these days i mean from from when you guys first came out you know with the 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 golden age of the 80s and everything were were things more difficult um to 
you know, to navigate and get, get to one place to the, to the next? Or is it easier today um, as far as like, you know, I guess you get a lot of the weekend uh, fly-in dates and things like that. Was it more challenging back in the day or is it more challenging now? Uh, everything's more challenging now. You know, uh, it's uh, just uh, travel in particular, um, you know, last year, uh, you know, every gig or every other gig, one of us was stuck in a town somewhere because of flight cancellations or delays, um, you know, although and last year we did our first bus tour. It was a five week tour when we went out with uh, Tom Kiefer and John yeah. Karabi opening, and that was a lot of fun. But uh I loved it. I love being on the bus, just playing the gig. And then you've got all your stuff out there and you can just go and either fall asleep or, you know, watch movies or do whatever you want to do. And you wake up the next morning and you're in the next town as opposed to flying, which is okay. Everybody it's four o'clock lobby call, <laughs> run to the airport and fly. Hopefully it's on time and you make your layover and fly the next town and get a rental car and drive four hours in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's, yeah. you know, don't realize how tiring even doing one or two shows for us can be I'm sure. but that's part of the gig so. yeah with all of your all these projects i mean <clears throat> at, at, at any point have you ever you know this thought to yourself I, i'm overwhelmed here and and yeah. I, need, I need to cut back on all this stuff and yeah, just I, focus I, I on what i actually quit for like after the steve perry thing in 96 i just i was like i don't know if i can keep doing this i'm burnt out and I uh, I started taking photography lessons at UCLA and at this place called the Learning Tree, and uh, just did that for like, you know, a couple years. Um, but at the same time, though, that being said, I was that's when I was starting to uh, learn how to record, and Mark was just starting to get the this the TV thing happening. So it was that you know it was just like a little interim period where I just did photography and which I I love and. Uh, but I, I don't use my cameras anymore. Now, any pictures I take, it's just a quick shot with my, my phone, you know, cause, <laughs> yeah. but, and all my cameras are, are film and I don't even know where I'd take, you know, film to get developed anymore. But gosh, no kidding. And a lot of that uh, kind of was what kind of sparked when you're, you're, when you first left winger, um, just kind of a, just tired of the, all of the, uh, commotion of the touring and everything that went on there and you just fun, wanted to yeah, just kind I mean, of take it, a break can, you know it's you know it can catch up with you really quickly sure, yeah. you know? uh i don't know how you know and i mean we've all had our fun party days and drinking and all that but i, I don't know how the guys that are seriously drugging and drinking and all that can do it i i you know it's very yeah. tired um, yeah but it, but gratifying i mean uh, you know there's there's a huge upside to it all and or we probably wouldn't keep doing it, you know. For sure. One of my favorite bands is, of course, Kiss. And you were, or I don't know if you still are, or if you still do the big rock show. Uh, no, but uh, you know, we're all great buds, and that was just that was a weird little side thing that you know Ryan Cook that plays with Ace Freely now, and also Jeremy Asbrock. You know, uh, we were all in town, and at the time here in Nashville, there was just not a lot of rock stuff. And Ryan came up with this idea. He's like, you know what? Let's just put a for fun band together, and because we had a club here called Twelfth and Porter that had incredible light, lights and sound, and so. 
He said, let's just go down and just play for our friends, let everybody in free. And of course, we knew we would pack the place. We knew enough people and, uh, and you know, they would all have drinks and the club would make money and we would have fun. And, you know, we just told the club, hey, give us some beers and we're just going to do this for fun. And initially we thought, ah, we'll do it one or two times, but it just started going over huge. And one night Doc McGee came down and saw us and he's like, man, you know, you guys are really good. And we were just playing all these 80s hits, you know, Bon yeah. Jovi scorpions and Def leopard and all that just and uh you know uh, ryan was singing he'd sing all the more 80s stuff and then we have uh, had a bass player dino that was singing all the you know like acdc and dio and all that he has just an amazing voice and anyway uh doc said hey you know you guys would be great for the kiss cruise and dragged us on there and to our surprise you know everybody loved it um, and so we just, we, we ended up doing that. We played on about four kiss cruises and three kid rock cruises. And, uh, but now of course, Ryan and Jeremy, you know, they went on to play with Gene when he did his solo thing. And then when Gene had to go back with kiss, you know, Ace asked, Hey Gene, can I have those guys? So, uh, they're, they're out playing with Ace now, uh, which is awesome. It's so cool how you've, you were able to navigate to all these different, uh, professional musicians and and just how you you know were able to each one of them was kind of a stepping stone for you and then some of the projects you're doing like you said these guys went on to to play with gene it's like you know now that's like there's some other stepping stones to to get to to, you know the next the next step so it's really cool you never know which thing you do that's why you know i've always had a hard time saying no and you know uh a lot of times it worked out to be something that I didn't even expect. You know, I would say yes to one thing and all of a sudden it would just lead me into this next thing, you know, like, like the vein thing I, I had, you know, little did I ever know that that would be the stepping stone getting me into Alice Cooper, you know? So. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, let's, let's do some rapid fire viewer comments and questions real quick. Sure. We're, we've already been on here with you for quite some time. Thank you for all the time tonight. Uh, uh, no it, problem. Angie Parker, me. you bet, man. It's fun. Angie Parker says ever done anything with Robin Zander or cheap trick? Well, uh, w- <laughs> no, not just him, but well, we toured my first tour with Aldo. We toured with cheap trick, um, for a month. Um, it was weirdly enough, I think it was us and Saxon and cheap trick and, uh, which is a funny bill. Um, but we had a great time. They were super nice to us. And, um, (laughs) you know, it was, uh, for me, I was just like, you know, so in awe, just hanging out with those guys and, you know, just being a kid, it was awesome. Roberta Gibbon says, I've always said that you should publish a coffee table book of all of your photos. Mm. Hi, Roberta. She, Roberta's one of the wing nuts. There uh, you go. Awesome. We love those guys. Awesome. Uh, uh, you know, enough people have said that. Maybe I should. You know, I just quickly snap stuff out of the car window and things like that. But uh, I, I, I get a lot of comments on some of my photos. So, yeah, uh, I'll consider that. <laughs> uh, Leslie Bailey Allard says, have you ever written a book on all of your on all of your ventures? No, um, I had a guy approach me about that as well last year. And, you know, aside from my music thing, my some of my real life stuff uh, is kind of crazy and be a long story as well. So uh, it's, you know, maybe down the road, I, you know, um, getting into a book is pretty time consuming and, and, you know, you have to really delve into a lot of stuff. And, you know, I'll maybe approach that when I have a little more time, you know. 
so cool. Our friend Elizabeth Talcott says, ask him how much he'll sell his headbangers ball shirt that he wore in Tulsa for. <laughs> you know, uh, I bought that, uh, funny enough, at a podcast last year from Ricky Rockman. Uh, he gave me a good deal on it, though. Uh, wow. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know if he has a website, but uh, he was selling them. So you might check Ricky Rockman's website. Okay. I kind of know the answer to this one. Uh, Gina Chastain. Uh, Chastain. Yeah. Hi, Gina. Uh, okay. She says, Paul, who would you like to work with that you haven't yet? I know the answer. Well, historically, I've said Pink. That's, that's um, a, ah. yeah. I, I would love to write a song with her. I just think she's got an incredible voice. I, you know, that duet she did with Steven Tyler was amazing. And, uh, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I always, I, I need to come up with a list on that one. You know, I people always catch me by surprise with that question because I haven't thought about it. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely know I'd love to work with her. I've seen two of her shows, and you know, she's obviously not a rock artist, but but she rocks. I mean, live her shows. I walked out of both shows. Just matter of fact, the last time I went, I went with uh, one of the people was Jimmy from Train and. We were just standing up and we were in a, a suite at, at Bridgestone Arena and we both just walked out, just floored how good the show was. So so I have to ask you, what are your thoughts on Lady Gaga as an artist? It's awesome. She is, you isn't know? she? I, you know, this business is really tough. And, I, you know, for, for anybody that, you know, finds their way from just a, a struggling artist up to the point where she's Lady Gaga or Taylor Swift, I, I'm just more power to them. You know, uh, I support anybody that's out there doing it. And, you know, even, even ones that aren't stylistically what I like, you know, but I like a pretty diverse, uh, bunch of stuff. And, you know, matter of fact, I was talking to a guy in my coffee shop this morning. He said, you know, like we were talking about shows we'd seen. And he goes, yeah, don't tell anybody, but I went to a Barry Manilow show and it was incredible. And, I was laughing because back in the Alice days, our guy, Joe Gannon, that used to put our shows together, uh, used to do the show for Barry Manilow. And one time we were in a, in a, in a city and Barry was playing the night before and the promoter called us and just said, Hey, you know, your Alice laminates, we'll, we will honor them and get you guys in if you want to see Barry. And we went down there and he was unbelievable. And, mm-hmm. and it, the coolest thing was at one point in the show, he said, you guys probably don't know this, but some of my band have their own band or a fusion thing. I'm going to get off the stage and let them do their thing. And they just were unbelievably good. So yeah, you never know. Very cool. <laughs> we have a YouTube viewer who has a question. He says, is there any place to listen to miles away with Eric Martin on vocals? There's not yet. Uh, I, you know, I was thinking I'll just let it out at some point, you know, I'll, I'll figure out a way to do it. And, you know, of course, you know, cross check with Eric and make sure it's cool. And sure. I mean, he honestly sounds killer on it. And uh, Eric is probably solely responsible for that song, seeing the light of day, because he, you know, and that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize, like a song can be made or broken by who sings it. And, Eric, despite the fact that I had no clue what I was doing recording wise, I mean, this is like, I think 1982 when I wrote it or something. And I didn't, I barely knew how to record. And I was had a little four track recorder and my recording is awful. And he, <laughs> he sang the crap out of it. So uh, mm. thanks, Eric. <laughs> you know, we've been trying to get him, you know, of course, Mr. Bigger out there doing their thing. We had Billy Sheehan yeah. on, but 
Man, yeah, we would we love to get Eric on. Key West, you know, it was a oh, lot of fun. Yeah. But they're, I love they're Key amazing. West. Amazing. So do you collect records? I mean, what do you do when you're not actually playing music and touring? <laughs> do you watch movies? Are you a sports fan? I know you're from uh, 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 San Francisco. Are you uh, going to watch the Super Bowl and root for the 49ers? Totally. Uh, yeah, I am a, definitely a 49ers fan. Um, I was root. You know, I, I root for the Titans, too. Uh, but, you, you know, go. they have not been having great luck. But And I, I just, I don't know, this whole story this year with 49ers and Brock Purdy is uh, really incredible uh, to see him go from, you know, last draft pick to the Super Bowl. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching that. I, I don't collect records. Um, I, I have what's left of what I used to have of a record collection. Uh, I don't even have a record player to play them on. I, I'm not like some of my buddies that just sit. I, I honestly, I don't like to sit and listen to music all the time. Cause you know, I, it's nice to just hear nothing for a little bit. And yes. then on other days I'm back in the studio recording all day. So the last thing I want to do when I finish recording is listen to more music. <laughs> I totally get it. I, I totally get what you're saying. We don't want to let you get away without thanking our mutual friend, uh, Matt Lemieux, who helped put this, this interview together and he connected yeah. us and there you are with, uh, hey, with, uh, the, I guess Matt brought that guitar to you at, at the show. And, yeah, and I sold that to him about five or six, six years ago, I think. And, uh, it went into good hands. You know, that's my old winger guitar. And, uh, I just wasn't using it anymore. I'm, I've gotten back into more of my traditional guitars, all my strats and Les Pauls. And, um, you know, those, Speak I'm glad it went to somebody that loves it. So speaking of, I've got a picture up on the screen. You, you've posted about the company third power amplification, and you've been raving yeah. about these mag frag riot buckers. Tell us a little bit about that. Is that kind of uh, that company's equivalent of like the Sustainiac that that's on the, the Schechter no, line? It's not a Sustainiac. No, it's just a pickup. Um, okay. But uh, Delana came up with a, instead of having one magnet, for each pickup, because yeah, uh, not to get too technical, but pickups, you know, they can be a ceramic magnet or they can be a Alnico two or a three or four or a five. Typically, they'll be two or five, um, and they just make them brighter or, or stronger. And uh, anyway, so you can just pickups you can get in all kinds of varieties. But that particular one, uh, the Magfrag Riot that I'm using, and also um, Scotty from Skid Row is really loving it too. Um, it's just a ballsy, great pickup and full sounding. And uh, yeah, Delana and Delana it plays in vain. So that's where the connection there was. And and now John is doing a lot to run the company and uh, they're putting out amazing amplifiers. I, I think uh, they're working on a, a an amp for Joe Satriani at this point for that upcoming thing he's doing with Sammy and uh, mm. just great company. Awesome, man. I know when you first started, you when you learned... Uh how to play the piano and, and keyboards and you kind of gravitated more towards the guitar when you started learning how to play guitar. Um, where are you at now? I know you do both, but what do you gravitate to more? What's, what's your go-to the guitar or the keyboards? If you had to pick uh, only one. Well, I, I probably would say guitar just because it's easy to pick up my guitar, especially now I'm using that little spark go. It's like an amp this big and it's just, <laughs> The, the technology in that little thing is unbelievable. Um, and I'm having so much fun playing through it. So, you know, I can sit and watch TV and noodle around on guitar, uh, you know, yeah. as where the keyboard is like, okay, go out to the studio and play. And, <laughs> but, and I, and honestly, like, 
other than the Mick record, which that's been done for quite a while, I, I just kind of have taken a writing break. But uh, this year is where I'm going to fully jump back in. And I'm not sure what, you know, I have a lot of stuff half finished that I'm, I wanted to start releasing some songs that are like, Hey, this is just Paul. This is me. This is what I write and mm. by myself. And, uh, uh, so I, I'm not going to make a record. I just probably will finish a song at a time. And I've been saying that for a while now, but last year was such a busy year. I, I couldn't get around to it, but my plan is to start finally getting some of these mixed and, and start putting them out just for fun. Sure. Wow. sure. Another yeah. uh, couple quick comments and then we'll cut you loose here. Sure. Our buddy Rick Fox says, Kenny Rubin says, hi. <laughs> hey, Kenny. <laughs> and I just, just hung yeah. out with Kenny in Redondo Beach. It was awesome. Oh, right on. We got a couple different viewers in here. Uh, Lauren Nichols and I think someone else is asking, Hi, uh, what is your favorite winger song to perform? Headed for Heartbreak, without oh, a doubt. Um, man, it's awesome. That song, it's just weird. Like you always have a song that just plays itself. Like even when our stage sound is bad and everything's sucking and we're having a bad night, that song, it just, it's so full and powerful. It just, it always seems to sound good. Um, so I, I love playing that. Awesome, man. What yeah. else you got, Scott? We, well, the Mick Mars album. I I'm, I can't wait to hear it, uh, what I've heard so yeah, far. Everybody, uh, pre-orders are available now on Mick's site, and I think it's mickmars.com, if I remember correctly. Um, and, yeah, so uh, pre-orders, of which I've already ordered some myself, just for good luck. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it'll be out February 23rd, and, uh, you know, go check it out. It's a, it's a very diverse, interesting record. I think you'll like it. We will. Paul, thank you so much for coming on with us tonight and giving us so much time. We'll send you the link to the interview. You can you can check it out. Check out all the viewer love and comments that you're getting in here. You've been an absolute awesome. gentleman. Hey, thank you guys for we, tuning in out there. Absolutely, <laughs> man. We wish you all the best. Thanks again and have a great night. We appreciate you. Thank you so hey, much. Thank you. Take care, right, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Excellent. So that cool. was a solid 100th episode. Yeah. Now, I was a little scared there at first, but uh, we've not had that one happen before, but we fought through it. <laughs> we got him. So Great. I wonder wonder what's up with the uh, with the pass, password thing. Was that I don't know. on his end or our, our, our end? I, 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 we'll take this off air. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we'll, we'll fix it for next time. But, you know, it was so cool because actually with Winger, they, he, they got to tour with Kiss and then, uh, you know, then... Get to go on to Kiss cruises and do a few of those, and yeah. um, how cool! How cool was that? I mean, yeah, amazing. It's amazing story, and and I didn't want to just go in order from 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 his first project yeah. to, to now. I kind of wanted to jump jump around, and there's so much. He's so much stuff. I mean, he even worked with Enough's Enough, and, and is that right? Yeah, I didn't know that yeah. part. Of course, Kane Roberts and, and so many other artists, and and he's just. Has a has an encyclopedia of of musicians he's worked with. You well, know? it's like I told him: if you're going to get into this industry, which it's, I I can't really think of a tougher industry to try to break into. You do it the way Paul has done it you, by diversifying it. You you don't really want to put all your eggs in one basket because that basket can easily fall apart, and then you don't know what to do. So you know he collaborates with this guy and that guy and. It's like I said, man, once you establish yourself as a solid dude or girl who has their crap together, they're, they're you know, they're reliable, 
word travels. You're not ever going to be out of work for long. And Paul is a, an absolute testimony to that. What a solid yeah. guy. Thank you guys for uh, checking in with us and, and uh, coming into the chat room as always. Uh, make sure you uh, share share our stream on your favorite pages and your favorite groups on, on Facebook. And um, if you would, go over to YouTube and hit subscribe for us, man. We're trying to get to a thousand. We're, we're close to it. Um, and, uh, you know, make sure you hit subscribe and the notification bell, hit like, all that good stuff. And as always, we're also on Twitter and Twitch. And we're all on podcast platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and so many more. So I appreciate you guys so much for, for hanging out with us. Yeah, and let me give some more love to our viewers. The comments are just pouring in. Angie Parker, this was great. Thank you, hon. We appreciate you so much. Roberta Gibbons, thanks for putting Paul on the air. He's such a great musician, incredibly nice guy. Couldn't agree with you more. Sean Brown, it's good to see you in here. Glad we took you back. Man, that took me back to... I. I uh, Winger took so much unfair criticism back in the day, and I'm glad we didn't even go down that road with him because uh, I want to focus on the good stuff. Uh, Gina Chastain, great interview. Thank you guys so much. Remember, if you haven't uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, please do that. Tulsa Music Stream, make sure you like and follow us on Facebook. All that good stuff. Let's talk about what we have coming up. This is really, guys, this is going to be a good one, and I think it's going to get pretty deep. So uh, I hope you guys like deep, thoughtful interviews because we're going to be talking to Bobby Brown, who, um, as Scott said earlier, she was the the model in the in the cherry pie video and uh, wife of Janie Lane and and wife of Janie Lane, and uh, she has really had a transformation in her life. We're gonna, of course, we're gonna talk about her history and the music side of things, and and then we're also gonna talk about her transformation. So I expect that to be a very deep and interesting and thoughtful interviews. So make sure you join us Thursday, February 22nd at 6 p.m. Central for our visit with Bobby Brown. It's going to be a good one. Thank you to our sponsors who make the show possible. If you guys have any video needs at all, you need a video shot for your band or business, please contact our friend Psych at psychomo at gmail.com. DEB Concerts, a proud sponsor of Tulsa Music Stream, has this awesome show coming up. It's Doug Burgess's first show at the Vanguard, and he's bringing in Lita Ford and Last in Line. That is Saturday, April 6th, doors at 7, show at 8. Tickets are 40 bucks. If, if you're like me and you want to sit down because you're old and tired, you can pay a little bit more to get into the mezzanine level. Highly recommend that. This is an all-ages event. Get the tickets at stubwire.com. That's going to be an amazing show. Dustin Little is the reason you guys can see Tulsa Music Stream on multiple platforms, including YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. And if you guys have any IT needs at all, he's your contact. 918-640-0892 or contact Dustin at okiepc.com for any IT needs you might have. Do you need excellent photography done for your band or business? Please contact our friends at shipmentphotos.com, your branding done right. They will make you look good. Identity Merch is where you need to go. If you have any screen printing needs, they can print you some t-shirts, hats, all kind of stuff you guys might need. Just contact Todd at IdentityMerch.com or give him a buzz at 918-521-5660 for any screen printing needs you might have. As Scott said earlier, you can watch us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Help us in that drive to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're building this thing one brick at a time. It takes you 
to get there. So make sure you go hit subscribe and hit the little notification bell. So you know when we go live. If audio is your thing, we are going to upload this episode. And you can hear all of our previous episodes as well on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast and more. That was a mouthful. It always yeah, is. Always is. Thank you guys so much. Uh, this is our, our 100th episode, and there's so many memories um, from from starting this thing out from the ground up and not knowing anything that you know. We were just doing it for goofy fun, you know, during the pandemic and and uh, just interviewing me ourselves and and local artists, and we kind of just started building from there and uh just kept going and going until we started landing landing cool guests like paul taylor and kip winger yeah. and and uh so many others it's it's been amazing yes. um, a lot of these guys that he's worked with you know we've had on our show um and it's so cool to 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 kind of hear all their stories where you know how they grew up and became who they are and and it's just fascinating to me you know, a lot of these artists were, are, you know, my, some of my favorite bands and groups and, and rock stars that I grew up listening to and hearing about and reading about and all the magazines and everything. But man, when you start talking to them, you learn so much and, and doing all the research on them, you learn so much. It's just so crazy and cool. But, um, I appreciate, um, every, every episode we've done, we haven't had really, Many bad ones, uh, as far as the interviews go. Um, we've had some technical issues here and there, but for sure. not not too many. No. And so, for the hundredth that we've done, and and any extra special ones that were thrown in the mi- in the mix, I am proud, and and I can't wait for another hundred. And um, let's just keep building and get those people on uh, YouTube, and make sure you follow follow us on on Facebook as well. Definitely uh, Tulsa Music Stream. Thanks for all the love. Scott and I are going to go out tomorrow night, and apparently we're going to have to buy a new refrigerator because right before we went on the air, we saw that our fridge died, so that was fun. (laughs) Anywho, we'll go do that, and we will definitely see you guys soon. Remember to come back here Thursday, February 22nd at 6 p.m. Central for our talk with Bobby Brown. We love you guys. Have a wonderful, safe weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Happy Valentine's. Oh, that too. Thanks for watching 100. See ya.